Welcome to Modestly Outspoken. This is Kareen. And this is Caesar. We are one millennial and one Gen Z, bringing you the younger generation's perspective on current events. We have two guests in today's episode, both leaders within the New Jersey Latino Caucus and youth community, joining us to talk about the realities they face as the only Latino women in the room and how they help the Latino community strive for better. We talk about the current mail-in voting challenges, what we can do to get involved and drive change in our communities, and they share the marketing techniques they are using to target specific communities and encourage the young vote. So who are our guests today? First of all, I would like to introduce Maria del Cid. She was born in Guatemala and raised in Plainfield, New Jersey. She is currently the Director of Policy and Legislative Services at the New Jersey Department of Health and serves as a coordinator of the Latino Caucus under the New Jersey Democratic State Committee. She is a board member of Lupe Fund, Inc., a Barack Obama fellow, and was the first Latina woman elected president of the Union County Young Democrats. She also previously served as a chief of staff to the late New Jersey Assemblyman Jerry Green. Her leadership efforts are highly recognized as she has been awarded several awards of excellence and was recognized on Insider New Jersey's 50 Under 30 and more. Her passion lies on the expansion of educational opportunities available to undocumented youth and amplifying marginalized voices in politics, which led her to establish her very own Del Cid Dreamers Scholarship with the Union County College Foundation. This scholarship is designed to help undocumented students pursue a college degree by providing financial aid. And we also have Christina Pinzon, which is the president and the founder of State Side Affairs, a woman and minority-owned government affairs and public relations consultancy company that focuses on public affairs, print, and digital communication. Most recently, Christina's firm has been recognized for its work with the State Democratic Committee, the City of Elizabeth, the State of New York, the Orange Housing Authority, and the Phil Murphy for Governor campaign. In addition to her professional career, Christina has held various senior positions for political campaigns across the state of New Jersey and is a board member of various organizations, including Young Women's Christian Association of Union County and the Latinas United for Political Empowerment. Similar to Maria, Christina has been recognized with several awards for her efforts in the Latino community and named Insider New Jersey Top 100 Millennials. Thank you. Thank you again for having us. Um, we're very excited to share our stories and what we do on a daily basis in the state of New Jersey to improve and get uh, the young uh, folks engaged in a lot of the political process. Um, so thank you again for having us. My name is Maria Del Cid. I am the Latino Caucus Coordinator for the New Jersey Democratic State Committee. Um, I'm also part of the Lupe Fund Board. Uh, I'm a board member of that um, organization. It's a nonprofit. Uh, which, which main, the main goal of that uh, nonprofit is to engage women in political uh, empowerment. And uh, uh, we do a lot of great work. Um, so again, thank you for, for having me. No, of course. Thank you for, for joining us today. And Christina, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself. So yes, yeah, so I actually have um, the great pleasure of knowing Maria for a very long time. We've known each other and it's so funny how life, um, how fast it goes. And I'm sure you guys will see it as you get older, but 
Um, she and I worked like more than a decade ago on political campaigns and here we are. You know, I worked on political campaigns, Maria worked on political campaigns, now she's working for a governmental agency and I eventually ended up starting my own business. So um, I am a Colombian American, first generation here, and um, I'm very proud of my roots and I just want to help. Um, this is a very um, important election. Obviously, there is a lot at stake and it's a very divisive election. And I am a true believer in young people, hopefully bringing it, you know, um, unifying both parties, you know, and just seeing like the clear picture overall. And um, overall, I mean, that's why I like, you know, working with Maria and people um, like your age. And I am a millennial and sometimes I don't feel like it. Um, but because I, I have great parents, you can't see them right now. Um, and I think it covers, you know, the top of this covers it, but, um, you know, I think it's really important, um, that we have these conversations that you're having and we're happy to support you and Caesar. Absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you so much. We're happy to have the both of you here. And you're right. I think it's very important to have these conversations and the both of you have very interesting backgrounds. So with that being said, I want to start off with Christina. So I do know that you just mentioned that you are a business owner. You have your own consulting company called Stateside Affairs uh, and you work in public and government re uh, relations. Yeah. So okay. we, I yeah. business and so again, just to give you a little background, I actually went to school, Montclair State University um, for broadcast journalism. And then I thought my career was gonna be in TV. I was gonna be either a producer, or my vision was gonna be, I was gonna be a, you know, a broadcaster, um, whether a reporter or whatnot. And so, you know, it, we have this vision for ourselves, but life has another path for us. And so I, it wasn't in the cards for me. I really, you know, didn't enjoy the hours. And so someone recommended me for a job at Governor Corzine's office. I eventually got a job back at my um, um, county home, which is Union County, New Jersey, where like Maria also lives. And from there, just being based um, and being immersed in your community and in working with a legislative office, I was able to engage with faith-based groups, organizations. At the age of like 25, I was or younger, I was sitting on board and I was always, you know, I look back and it's a shame that this is still the same situation. I was either the youngest person on the board, I was the only woman on the board, or I was the only Latina or Latino, Latinx, you know, on the board as well. Um, and, you know, slowly, like, we're getting better at that. But, you know, um, you know, we're still at that stage. But anyway, so after a couple years and I gained experience, I eventually, I worked for some other firms and I decided, you know what, there's also, like, if you look at the scope of this nation and you look at who's living here, there is an advantage for people like you and me, you know, um, we are a bilingual public relations company. And so we are truly bilingual. We don't outsource it to other folks. And that, I think that's a difference between us and other companies. And so I take a lot of honor and privilege in that. I am a big fan of our team. They do tremendous work and, um, five year, we celebrated our five year anniversary back in July and that, you know, for a small, 
business like ours. You know, we've worked on presidential campaigns. We've worked on Governor Murphy's campaign. We worked on Bob Menendez's campaign, Obama's campaign. But um, it's just to show you that even as a, a, you know, as connected as we can be, you know, we still have a long way to go. We don't still, we still don't have those same advantages as other businesses. So So what do you you think that has differentiated you, Christina, and even you, Maria, right? Coming from, from different backgrounds, not necessarily being born here, being the only women on the room, being the only Hispanic women in the room. What do you think that has differentiated you from other people? What has led you to get to where you are today? So I guess I can start. Um, you know, growing up in, in a Latino household, you know, my parents came to the U.S. when, when I was seven years old. We, I came with them. Um, and, you know, one thing that I always saw them is like, I can't forget the memories of my father, you know, coming home after a long day of work. Um, and he never complained about, you know, this, it was a long day. I can't take this anymore. He always, he showed us what resiliency is. And I think growing up in a Latino household, that's what it really, it, that's what really teaches you, right? Like you, you can't give up, you can't afford to give up. You, you have to keep trying no matter how things get, if things get hard or not. But growing up in that environment, um, it really showed me what resiliency is. And I apply that in my daily life, in my professional life right now. Um, I walk into a room, I, as you know, I work, I work in healthcare. Um, I work for the New Jersey Department of Health. And I find myself a lot of times, and even politically, my political uh, life, being the only Latina and being a young woman, um, and it could be intimidating. It's not, it's not easy, right? I have to admit that there are times where you have self-doubt, uh, which we all at some point in our lives experience. Um, but I feel that that resiliency has kind of paved the way to say, okay, I'm here with a purpose. I'm here for a reason. And I am the voice of my community. So I definitely take that. I don't take that for granted. I definitely um, advocate for my Latino community because I always remember like why, like my purpose, why am I sitting at the table? Yeah. And just to like echo that. So um, just like Maria and I mentioned this previously. So I give a lot of credit to our parents um, and I'm 35. I don't know. I forget how old Maria is and you don't have to say it. And you guys, I mean, I'm sure like you're a decade younger than us, <laughs> but um, we like, I give so much credit to our parents. My mom, you know, I don't think I'm special because of my story my story is just different from you guys. Um, and so my mom came here with, um, I think I was like three months old from Columbia uh, on herself, like she, single parent, she came here, she worked at a library for a little bit, and then she worked at a factory. She worked at a factory for almost 30 years, and she recently um, retired. But she recently retired, this lady is a workaholic. So, and, but she recently retired because we got so worried because there's a global pandemic going on and my mom is a factory worker and a lot of like, you know, there's white, black, you know, Asian and Hispanics, but there's a lot of Latinos and I won't mention the name of the, the, the company, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, we, we became essential workers, you know, at the end of the day and I started having panic attacks because of my mom. I was afraid that my mom was going to get sick. You know, she's closer to like 70 years old. 
um, damn, and that she's going to get really mad that I actually said this <laughs> on the air, you know, <laughs> because, you know, Latin women are like, they're like, oh, don't, don't say my age, you know, yeah. um, but she looks good. But anyways, um, she, I became so fearful for her health that I forced her like to pretty much to like retire. But people like her, like, if you look back, like, I don't know that I have the strength you know, uh, or the courage to pick up my stuff and leave my family behind me and go to another country just, and it's truly because they really, truly seek something better. And I think that, you know, our parents and Maria, your parents and our family members, we are an example of that. You hear, you know, that there's rapists and I don't want to, I know that's where we're probably going to get political later, but you know, like we hear that they, we can be rapists and drug dealers and all that, but the majority of it, like we come here for a better life. If it was better there, we wouldn't be coming here. Like it's just common sense. And so, you know, um, I honestly forgot like <laughs> your question, however, but I'm just like, just being honest that, you know, um, oh, what sets us apart is just that we, we live that firsthand. And so I think that we get, you know, Maria and all of us here, you know, we get our resiliences and our courage, you know, to take risk because of our parents. They were able to leave a country. I mean, what is like the very least that I can do? I can start a business. And if I fail, you know, that's the very least in comparison than what my mom did for me. I couldn't agree more. I think. I think all of us have a similar story where our parents came over here and had to overcome adversity. And I think, you know, all four of us represent some kind of, you know, capability of getting through a lot of adversities in our future. So, you know, it's, it's cool just to see all of us connect like this. Yeah. And it's okay for us to, to talk about it more. And I think uh, Doreen said that at the very beginning, we don't, you know, we may have passive conversations between each other. I'm on the phone with Maria. I'm on the phone with Patricia or whomever, you know, but for us, we need to be on social media. This is how we connect nowadays. This is like COVID life. You know, we can't be out there and having parties. So um, we just really need to share our stories more. So people, you know, it may feel uncomfortable at the beginning, but, you know, we need to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. No, absolutely. And, and I, I just to piggyback on that, like, I just found out that your mom, you know, worked in a factory and my parents do too, right? They left their home countries. They were professionals. They came to America to do a job that they'd never done before. So you have that, that, um, you know, that connection, Christina. And, um, you know, I never knew. I mean, I've known you for almost uh, 10 years now. And I just realized that. So it's, it's definitely uh, a need for us to share our stories and the more we do it the more comfortable we get it we get with it and um you just never know who's in the room who's listening so embrace that story uh maria actually something that you brought up right now you said we need to talk more about about it even though you've been knowing christina for 10 years plus you're still still learning about this right so i think it's so important like you said to gather with each other and actually talk about their struggles what our parents went through what we went through if we came here let's say I came here at the age of 13 from Colombia as well um, how 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 have we struggled right I feel like there's a beauty in struggle and it's really what motivates us and keep keep us going 
right? Like whenever I hear somebody else who went through the same thing, it reminds me of my purpose. Why should I keep moving forward? Why should I keep fighting for what I am? Uh, I have met a lot of, I grew up in North Bergen, New Jersey, and a lot of the students uh, in my high school are Hispanic, but for some reason, they're not able to embrace what their parents went through and what they are going through. So it's, for me, it's a little bit sad to see that I don't see them really working for change, for a better future. So this is really where um, I want this conversation to start going. And, uh, but before we get into that, uh, I want to hear from you, Christina, that I do know that you have worked with uh, uh, the governor's campaign. So I want to see how, like the skills that you have, how are you leveraging them to, 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 to advocate for, let's say, for the millennials and Gen Z population in the U.S.? How are you marketing things differently for this new generation, especially right now if everything is through social media? How can we get to the Hispanics that are not willing to go vote, that are not, that don't, that don't not that they don't care, but are not as aware as others? I mean, I think the first thing is like recognizing in any, um, population is that you know whether you're black white or or hispanic we everybody consumes information differently so when we worked for the governor's campaign you know we did um a media buy campaign which means we we did a media buy and an earned media buy campaign is that we were you know working on press releases getting them placed on our hyper local newspapers what that means it's not like the univision or Telemundos of the world because yes, we had them involved, but they also cover New York and New Jersey and Philadelphia. So their focus isn't always entirely New Jersey, but you have at least in New Jersey, these pockets of um, newspapers that focus on, say for example, Passaic County, you have in Essex County, you have El Coqui, you have in Middlesex County, um, El Familiar, you know, you have, um, I'm trying to think of some others, um, Latinos Unidos, which is in Ocean County, but there's not Ocean County and Middlesex County. But anyways, um, so we want to make sure that we covered our bases with the older generation and in a language that they can understand. Because a lot of times, you know, what we do find in, in political campaigns is that they use Google Translate or, you know, they do it, you know, pretty much, I'm sorry, like half-ass, you know? And so, it, and it doesn't communicate well with our, like our community, you know? And then on the flip side, you know, it's also being cognizant that there is an emerging Latino um, community or population that are uh, young voters and they don't get their information from the paper at the bodega. They get it from social media. So you do like your digital ads. You do, um, we've recently started doing, as you're doing right now, which I'm like really proud of you guys, is we do like live streams. We, we personally, for Stateside Affairs, we launched state, um, live with Stateside Affairs. And we launched our own program that we're going to like relaunch, you know, next week. Uh, with uh, Senator Nellie Poe, uh, Nabila, who is a representative for um, the Biden campaign, and Sulai Hanau, who's an actress. Um, she lives right now in uh, California, but she was um, she grew up in New Jersey, and she's a former veteran, and she's Colombian, 
which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> so, um, you know, so we try to use all those tools and we're, again, you know, truly bilingual. And I think that, you know, I think for Maria and I, what's helped is that we got that experience being on the ground. You know, some people go straight to the very top and I've seen it and I know like Maria can probably say the same thing without very or minimal you know, experience, you know, it's, it's who, you know, so we've had to work our way to the very top and, but having that experience on the ground has helped us tremendously to, to understand how people think when they go to vote. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> so Christina, can you please, uh, based on your experience, can you maybe give us some tips or give maybe the democratic party some tips on how they could best reach the latino community based on your experience i mean i can tell you that um i think that they can start earlier you know all the other campaigns i do think that um they a lot of political organizations take the latino vote for granted um they wait till the very last minute they're underfunded um but that's a whole different story um, I, I do think that they need to invest in a larger operative team, you know, to go after the Latino vote. And right now I'm working with Maria to help, like we're, we're working on phone banks and other different strategies, um, to reach the Latino communities. Um, and we need bilingual people, you know, it's so important whether I, I don't care. It's never too late. You know, my Spanish sometimes can be broken up because, you know, I live, you know, I grew up in Elizabeth. I live in Ocean County now after I, I got married. So I don't speak Spanish as much. Um, I do have people on my team that are very fluent, but it's never too late. Like we need people. We need like my mom and your mom and your dad, whatever. They need to hear it in their language. And right now, all they're hearing is snippets of information. And what better source, resource that they can get is from their family. Mm -hmm. So we just need to be more informed. And I know like Maria can talk more about that. Yeah. And to that point, um, you know, we're a huge voting block. We're supposed to be like in the millions um, for this presidential election. So it's really important. Like we are, uh, you know, a big population in New Jersey and we're going to continue to grow and also nationwide. Uh, so we are a voting block, and like Christina said, we have to make sure that the elected officials or the candidates are, that are running um, target our communities, not until the very last day or a week before election day. They have to be in the communities, you know, doing outreach. Um, and it's just going to get, you know, it's going to get hard with the pandemic. Right now, you know, a lot of folks have lost their jobs. Um, you know, they're unemployed. They're probably sick. They have to pay medical bills. And their number one thing in their minds right now is not the election. It's a, like, how am I going to, you know, feed my family? Um, how am I going to sustain a household? Um, so, and, and it's going to be something that is going to be within our communities for the next couple of years. I don't know how long or, you know, how many years it's going to take for us to recover from the pandemic as a society, but it definitely affected a lot of Latinos and African-Americans, so the most vulnerable populations um, but definitely, you know, we're going to have side effects in the next years to come. So I think that the candidates need to need, they need, they must focus, um, on the Latino community, on the black vote early, not wait until, you know, a couple of months or a couple of days before the election. And on that note, I just want to add that 
there's conceptions that we don't vote, you know? And so I do want to emphasize that, you know, we, our generation, the Gen Zers and the millennials, you know, we get our, you know, we're probably listening to MSNBC, CNN, you know, Fox, whatever it may be. Our parents aren't. And so they're getting a lot of news that's from like their uh, countries or origin. So, you know, Dominican Republic, you know, again, Peru, whatever it is, that's okay for you to be informed about that, but you vote here, mm-hmm. you live here. And so, and I understand like the frustration of people where they just like, they don't, they're tired of the politics. They see it like, you know, we just saw it this week with the debate, you know, it was a comedy show. They were just all talking on top of each other, you know, that's frustrating. And that's actually really discouraging for a lot of people. So um, we need to make sure that we encourage, you know, our, our generation to care, you know, our generation to think across aisles, but also our older generation to vote because they live here and because of their kids and their grandchildren. And it doesn't matter if you have grandchildren or children or not, you know, the, the, the most human thing that you can do is care for the future of, of this country, you know, where you live and leave a little, you know, leave a little, um, mark, you know, <laughs> a little seed, a little positive seed on there. Hmm. No, for sure. Um, I totally agree with that. And actually, I, I have, I feel like I've myself, I've had to encourage my parents and follow up with them regularly. Okay, mom, I I receive actually on email whenever I'm receiving a USPS mail and I see, oh, for my mom, and it's the mailing ballot. I'm like, mommy, you have to vote. So my question for the both of you is, how can us, we think outside the box to start targeting uh, our the people from our generation, from our communities, and also our parents. Is Facebook enough? A lot of, I, for example, I don't know about your parents, but I see my mom scrolling through Facebook a lot. Uh, is it is it smart to start targeting them through their social media? How can we encourage them? Because, uh, for example, I may have that will of uh, to help out my mom, but other people may not. They may not be as close to their parents. They may be far from each other. So, how can we think? outside the box to actually get them to vote and be proactive about it i mean there's definitely um yes you can do that on social media you can target people you know part of what we do is that you know again like we're a bilingual organization we put out ads we recently did it for the census which also you know it was supposed to be the deadline september 30th um it's a really weird situation this year now it's october 5th who knows it may go to like October 31st, you know, but, um, anyway, so you, you can target people on social media based on their language, based on their zip code. Um, now Facebook is, um, works in unison with WhatsApp, WhatsApp, which a lot of Latino um, family holds, you know, use, I know my mom like uses it and then she talks to like her family, you know, in Colombia. Um, but, I think that, you know, in terms of like young people, like this pandemic has forced our government to work in our favor. You know, for a very long time, their their platforms have been super outdated. 
And it took a pandemic, unfortunately, for them to realize it, where they're upgrading, say, for example, like the Department of, um, what do you call it, Maria? The Department of... Um, State? No, of um, employment. Oh, labor. labor. <laughs> so, yeah, Depart Department of Labor that's crashed, you know, uh, numerous times. And that's understandable because there's a huge number, a large number of people that were filing for unemployment. But it shouldn't have taken this long to upgrade it and to look at like what the challenges could have been like for the future. So now you can do online registration. Now we have like now we're we have all these different ways of voting. You know, um, we can vote by mail. Unfortunately, this year, at least in New Jersey, every state is different, but you can have the ability to vote in person. But with certain, you know, contingencies or like there has to be, whether you're disabled or we're not, there has to be, you know, like kind of like a petition for you to vote um, in person. Um, but I think that slowly, like we're getting there. And unfortunately it's taken a, a lot of strife and, and this pandemic to, you know, push the lever over. Yeah, so the Latino caucus on, on this end, and Christina has been very helpful with the caucus. Um, so I assist the chair, who is Arlene Quinones-Perez. Um, she's also the Hunterdon County Chair. She's the only Latina County Chair in the state of New Jersey out of all 21 counties. Um, so we're like one of the 13 caucuses that the State Democratic Party has um, under the leadership of Chairman uh, John Kerry and Vice Chair uh, Peg Schaefer. So there's other, there's multiple caucuses. You have the progressives, you have the veterans, the black, LGBT. So we're one of the caucuses under that big umbrella. Um, so we've done so many uh, virtual events uh, in the last couple, since the pandemic started basically, because we haven't met in person. But before that, we did a conference um, in Atlantic City for the Democratic Annual Convention. We had an, an amazing turnout. And um, for the most part now we're doing virtual events. And then as Christina mentioned earlier, we're working with the Biden campaign to do virtual events. Uh, we're actually hosting from uh, starting this Tuesday, October the 6th until election day. We're doing uh, like a power hour. So it's from seven to 8 p.m. every Tuesday. Um, and we're doing bilingual phone banking. So anyone who speaks you know, English and Spanish, they can uh, hop on this call. We'll have somebody train us uh, and we'll do phone banking. It's virtual, it's fun. Uh, and so we're working very closely with the with the Biden campaign on that. And I think also is beyond to get the young people involved. I think it's not only voting, but also getting them engaged in the community. So like, you know, Christina and I have worked in campaigns at a very grassroots level. We know the ins and outs of like the municipal, we've done local campaigns, statewide campaigns, but also, you know, once we know someone like a lot of young folks are the young Democrats and like Rutgers and Seton Hall, engage them right so we've brought a lot of young people to different campaigns statewide like congress races congressional races and you have to get them engaged phone banking canvassing i used to i mean i still do i love knocking on doors that i love that interaction with people yeah fortunately that has changed because of the pandemic but i think that we can still you know put a little grain of salt in this uh election even though a lot of things have changed there's less interaction but I think that it's also, you know, giving people an internship and, you know, bringing them along to do the actual work. So you teach them that the campaign, it takes a lot of effort. Like Christina knows that, uh, you know, you have your political operatives that are telling people where to go and you, you know, you have people that are actually like stopping mailings. I mean, you, you, there's always a job for anyone. Like if you don't want to interact with people and you're shy, you can always do like behind the scenes. 
Um, so there's, you know, you don't have to be at the face of anything. You, there's always a seat for somebody. And that's how people get inspired, right? It's like when they experience it themselves. And so like, I remember, so when I ran for school board in Elizabeth, I wasn't successful. Um, but I like, I don't regret a single minute of that experience because I met so many people. I felt like I really felt, and I saw a community come together, you know, for change, you know, uh, whether, and it, it shouldn't have been around me, but it was like, we were trying to change the culture of the school board at that moment. And so um, knocking on doors and meeting people, you'd be surprised how many people, yes, it's different now, how many people will be surprised that, wow, I really appreciate that you knocked on my door. I haven't had, in all this time that I've lived here, a single candidate, anyone knock on my door. And it may be different on the phone because you have like all these telemarketers, you know, calling and whatnot. Um, but we are, you know, um, what Maria was saying, and I'm trying to pull it up right now. It's called, um, for anybody that wants to look it up, Llamando Contigo, you know, and we need, um, we need people. We need pe bilingual people to get on the calls with us to call those battleground states, Nevada, Florida, Texas, all that. Um, you know, they're pretty secure in New Jersey. New Jersey usually goes blue, but, you know, we need, you know, because we may be okay and because, you know, hopefully people do turn out here. Um, we need to secure those states where they're struggling right now for the vote and they're really courting um, in all different um, voter groups, especially Latino ones, but that's why we need bilingual people and we need young people. <laughs> like we really need young people to get involved and you never know where that can go. You could be making a phone call today and like Marina and I know this, you could be making a phone call to the day, tomorrow you'll be like, you know, the assistant to someone, the next day you're like the deputy director and then the next day you're the director of the organization because people move fast right right so that's just like the truth uh, uh, that's a reality of it and i mean hopefully people take advantage of that and you know they can see a future there maria can you quickly give us a explanation of what a caucus how do you pronounce that word sorry yeah, caucus, a caucus, yeah. caucus mm -hmm. is sure so um like um so we have 13 in the state democratic party uh, so it's more like a committee, right? Like subcommittees. So the Democratic Party is at the very top um, under the leadership of John Kerry. And then um, you have the different caucuses. So you, one, one of them is the Latino caucus. Um, so it's more like a committee. We don't have like, a, like a, a paid membership or anything, but we do have a large network of people that follow us and that are in the community. Um, they're very like grassroots um, that are Latino leaders in their, in their respective counties um so we you know we, we used to meet um once in person like once a month or every two months uh we used to have meetings um where we discussed like you know things that are top priority issues like policy issues within the latino community um and again this is led by arlene quinones perez um and you know it, it's it's more like a committee to ensure that the democratic party is also pushing for the Latino agenda and the issues that are, you know, important to us, like immigration, housing, healthcare, um, making sure that we are visual and that we're present. Um, so we're one of the, um, I don't want to say one of the most, but we are an active committee or an active caucus. Uh, we're always hosting events. I know that the LGBTQ is also another committee that I was always doing 
um, events and we've actually done some like co-hosting events like we co-hosted an event I want to say a couple months ago with the LGBTQ um, it was in New Brunswick and we invited like young folks it was it was intentionally in New Brunswick because of Rutgers University uh, so we wanted to bring more um, you know more young people out um, that either identify as an LGBTQ community or as a Latino um, so but we had a good turnout um, so we do th different events throughout the state, but essentially is to advocate for like policy issues that are affecting our community. Great. Maria, can you also like give us a quick uh, overview based on your experience as a coordinator of the Latino caucus, how are you approaching your role differently this time around with the upcoming elections? Sure. So we're building the plane as we're flying it. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, Christina mentioned that, uh, you know, not only us, but everybody's doing the same thing, right? We're, we're still learning um, in how to get comfortable with a lot of the virtual events. There's a lot of virtual fundraisers happening in the Democratic Party and the Republicans. Um, like politically, a lot of things has changed. We're no longer doing door knocking. This year, um, we're a lot, most of the ballots are going to be vote by mail. So that's a also, I don't wanna say a new implementation because it has been there before, but I think now we're doing that in like a mass, in mass numbers in the state of New Jersey. Uh, the state has launched, uh, for instance, um, an online registration for, for voting registration. So you can no longer, you don't have to go to like drop off your voting uh, registration in the mail. You can just log in and, and uh, register online. So I think that's very progressive. Um, but you know, we had to accommodate for a lot of the changes that has that has happened in 2020. Um, <clears throat> we are still continuing to engage with our members, even though we're not meeting virtually, uh, meeting in person, we're meeting virtually. Um, and we always bring them along to our events, right? Like where we you know we send an email to or to the members that have um, that we have their contact information saying, hey, we're hosting bilingual um, conference uh, phone banking for Biden on this day, uh, please join us. Or we're having a virtual event where this is a special guest. Uh, or sometimes, like I want to say, like last month, we invited some of the members, some of the active members, to be part of the call with Governor Murphy. Um, so it's like you know, people that don't really get to interact with you know the governor or people um, at a higher level. We make sure that our members get that opportunity and they have a seat at the table. Um, but it's definitely we've had to accommodate a lot for for the new changes that we that we had experienced in the last couple of months. Absolutely. And something that the both of you mentioned a lot is uh, bilingual, bilingual or people that are able to translate. So uh, I, I, now that you mentioned that, I'm interested in, but I've actually haven't heard about the need of a bilingual uh, person, right? So how, how can we get involved? How can any um, Latino get involved? And um, how, what what is the process? Would it be via home that you're translating? Would you have to do it in person? No, I mean, this, these are unique times. So, um, and before, you know, um, we were having caucus meetings in person, um, but now everything's like virtual just for the safety of everyone. But if someone does want to get involved, they can go to latinos at njdems.org. So it's again, Latinos at njdems.org. Um, they could go to, um, on social media, it's El Partido Democrata de New Jersey. It's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and we don't have a phone number per se, but again, we're, we're virtually like, or we're socially very connected. So 
people can go there and we can just um the whole goal is to maximize or capitalize uh or actually maximize off of each other's different talents mm-hmm. you know so some people have you know some people aren't as um bilingual as others so um you know maybe they're more comfortable on social media doing other things they know how to advertise they know how to they feel some people maybe feel like more comfortable just talking on the phone a lot of people have a fear you know and that's fine you know um to pick up the phone and call a stranger that's okay so um we need a diverse pool of people to make our caucus um stronger Mm-hmm. Awesome. You don't have to be fully, uh, you know, like able to speak Spanish. Um, I know mm-hmm. I have my Spanish broken <laughs> as well, like Christina. Um, but you have a transcript. You get a transcript from you know whatever campaign that you're volunteering for. You have a transcript, and then you kind of just read off um, from the transcript, and you you know just dial. So it's not it's not complicated, you know. Um, but definitely for the caucus members, we try to encourage like people with different expertise, different skills. Um, like Christina alluded to, uh, we, we have folks that can bring people numbers, right? And, and we want that. We want to, the people that are engaged with our communities on a daily basis uh, to be part of this network. You know, uh, something that you guys just mentioned that I think it just rang a bell. So uh, I went to Rutgers in Newark and uh, I graduated with a finance degree. And something very interesting is that a lot of the marketing majors were having trouble finding internships or jobs. So maybe this could be an opportunity for you guys to start recruiting maybe from the business school because a lot of a lot of people for our age are super creative. And then um, something that is it's concerning me and it's this is probably something that we can talk about later on, but it's um, all of the misinformation or people just going on Canva just anyone and creating slides and sharing their opinion and sharing it as if it was facts so why not just recruit those people who are so talented and bring them in where you're actually going to provide the facts and you just leverage their talents on social media Mm -hmm. my god send them over (laughs) send them over the state democratic committee i'm such a believer in young people like the most creative people that I've ever worked with have been young people. And by the way, I'm surprised that, you know, um, and I'm happy, you know, we're happy like to connect them with people that we know because, because all these organizations and, and businesses had to pivot, they may not have been using social media as much before or they didn't really understand marketing and like, Oh, why do we have to, they can't meet with people, you know, and if they're meeting with people, you know, that's okay. You know, as long as like social distancing, whatever, but, um, they, we don't know what the next six months year is going to look like. And so we need to utilize like people that can bring that creativity to the table, Mm -hmm. send them over. (laughs) No, absolutely. Like I said, there's a lot of, for some reason, marketing majors have the hardest time to find jobs. So I think this is the perfect opportunity. And they, like you said, they're so creative. They create these carousels on canva everything so aesthetically pleasing to see to the eye very easy information to process so why not leverage that right that's i think maybe that is a way to 
to attract maybe also the younger generation because I, for example, my friends that I see that are always resharing things are resharing these very pretty slides on their Instagram that you just tap and you just scroll to the right and see, oh, okay, this is what this means. And I feel like Caesar can agree with me. We've learned so much just from social media, what, what this means, what is a primary election, all of that stuff. Yeah. And I, I would say like the people that, so I, I would say I'm the most politically immersed person in my business. Some of the people that have come um, here, like one is from Colombia. The other one used to deal with like nonprofits. The other one used to deal like with just, you know, private businesses. We're very diverse. Um, but ultimately like, and Maria and I started again, like we were like in our twenties, it's about building each other up. So um it's not only about hey how can you help us but how can we help you when you come into like our circle where like i know and i know that maria and i have talked about this it's about spreading the wealth it's about you know spreading opportunity for all of us because if we just grow independently that does nothing for our communities mm-hmm. so. yeah absolutely um so i do have an, a question and this is more regarding um the young professionals or young students who are undocumented and want their voices to be heard. So I know, Maria, that you, uh, we've seen a lot of your efforts with the undocumented youth. So we want to see or we want to hear how you're helping them with their voices. How are they being heard? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, taking a step back, I, I do want to say that, um, you know, share with you that um, at some point I, I was in that group, um, right? I was undocumented. I found out later in life uh, because it is a taboo to speak about your immigration status with your family or, or even strangers. Uh, so I was part of that group at some point. Um, then, you know, later on in life, I was able to to become a, a U.S. citizen and and all that great stuff. <laughs> but um now, uh, so I've established in 2017, I established um, the Delcy Dreamer Scholarship uh, at Union County College, um, you know, giving them the same opportunity that I had because I did attend a community college when I first um, graduated from, from high school. Um, so I, I did that when I was about 25 years old. So I don't want to put my age up there yet. <laughs> so um, yeah, but I was 25 and that was the goal, right? How can I give back to my community um, and young folks that are trying to get a higher education just like I, I, I was at some point. So I established that um, and then later, a couple years later, I became the, um, the president of the Young Democrats in Union County. Um, and then, you know, you have a pool of like a lot of young people. And I know that some people whose immigration status was not, um, you know, uh, correct in, in the U.S., um, so I helped them get like internships, um, and, and they were, they were unpaid, but they were getting the experience. Um, so, you know, also like gave them not only to that group, but also the young Democrats, the ability to engage in political campaigns or how some, some people in that group, they were running for elected office. So our job was to make sure that we were that support group for that individual. Um, how can we help you? Do we need to come to your, you know, to your, um, uh, campaign office? Do we need to make phone calls for you? Do we need to knock on doors? So we helped each other out. Um, and then um, lastly, like uh, Christina alluded, like we, we, we have to help each other. And, you know, once you find yourself in a, in a, in a leadership position, you have to reach out and um, to your friends or people that come to you and say, do you want to be my mentor? 
Um, so I've had a couple of mentees um, that I have helped, uh, you know, get a job or internship at like legislative district offices. Um, so, you know, it's, it's about knowing and having those relationships. Um, but, you know, we have to help each other out. On, uh, you know, other, otherwise, we are not going to grow as a community. Um, so that's, that's kind of like some of the work that I've done, um, you know, to engage the young folks, especially when they're trying to move the ladder, because you can't forget where you came from. Uh, you have to also, you know, make sure that they are um, in the right process, like they're moving forward. Yeah. So of, you know, the undocumented youth, how would you suggest they fight for their rights if, for example, they're not able to vote? Yeah. So like I was there, you know, once, even when I started the campaign with Christina back in 2012, when we did the Menendez campaign uh, and the Obama campaign, um, you know, I, at that point I was undocumented and I, I couldn't run for office um, and I couldn't get a legal job. Right. Um, but you can also get involved. That's you have to, you know, kind of take risks and make sure that you volunteer, you do some community advocacy, uh, you can do phone banking, canvassing, any of that, it's volunteered. Um, so you can get engaged in that aspect. Um, and you can also, right now we have 32 days left until election day. Make sure that you have um, your family, your friends, or anyone that you know that can vote, that can, that can exercise their right to vote. Um, you know, let them know, like, you know, this is important. I need you to make sure that you're registered. Uh, I, I want you to, you know, vote in this election because your vote will be a vote towards my family or not. Um, but definitely encouraging those folks that have the ability to vote to actually exercise the right to vote. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, young folks are more familiar with the vote by mail ballot. Um, we're, we're very knowledgeable and tech savvy. We can research and, you know, a YouTube video and how to complete the ballot, um, whereas our parents might not. So I think that, you know, even if you're not, undoc even if you're documented, undocumented and can vote, you can also share that knowledge with people that may not be familiar with the process. Um, so I do encourage young folks to, you know, to get out there just because you're undocumented does not mean that you, you don't have a voice. Yeah. I have a quick question for both of you. Do you, do both of you see any kinds of challenges uh, with the mail-in ballot format that we're going to have this upcoming election? So my concern is timing. Um, I hope that the Board of Elections in every county are doing their best, not only to put the vote by mail ballot in English and Spanish or in whatever language is, is more common in their communities, but also uh, making sure that they get there early, right? As, as I mentioned earlier, there are other things and issues that families, especially the Latino family, uh, families are concerned about during the pandemic. You know, it could be their health, it could be housing or their job. Um, that maybe they're not thinking about the election. Um, so I think that having these vote by mail ballots sent early, it's, there's a likelihood that they will submit them early and make sure that, they, that the Board of Election gets the, the ballot. So I think my, time, my concern is with the timing. Yeah, I mean, there's, so I do have additional concerns. I mean, but some of them are expected. So in the primary election, there were thousands of, of um, votes that were thrown out for various reasons. And some of them can be very simple as just a signature. So again, going back to like the generational thing, 
our parents got penmanship classes. They were taught and they literally signed the same way. All of like, we're all computer based. We don't. So our signatures may be different, but if our signature looks different on the ballot, they'll contest it. And, and right now, if they're being inundated with vote by mail ballots, who knows like if it'll get back to you on time for you. So, so there is a tracking mechanism now. Um, and I actually have it pulled up right now. So if you go like to the state department for New Jersey, you can actually vote by mail. The key is voting early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want to vote early. So you don't have to worry about whether it gets there. You know, there's been like this whole, um, confusion over like, um, the postal office and how they're transferring like mail and how it's getting back and forth. And then it has to get processed and then it has to get vetted. Does the signature match? You know, did they add their, um, license number and other, like your birthday, if you miss one little thing, it's invalid. Like it's gone. You know, you have to do it all over again. Um, and so there is, um, a tracking me mechanism. And so the key is, I think, to vote early and then track your vote by mail and make sure that your vote was counted because in the primary election, um, there were a ton of people whose vote by mail, whose uh, votes were thrown out and they didn't know it. They found out afterwards and they tried and they thought that it counted, whatever. And that's not fair either. So if you're voting, you know, I think you should, I mean, this is also to be understandable about the situation at hand. You know, again, we, we weren't prepared for this, but at the same time, <laughs> this is an election that we have every year in November. And this is a, a pandemic that, you know, started back in, probably November in another continent and eventually, you know, came over here. Um, the whole point is, is just that um, it is what it is. Vote early, vote by mail. You know, if you have to vote in person, you go vote in person, become educated. You go to njdems.org. Um, you know, obviously we're affiliated with the NJ Dems organization. So that's the organization that we're going to promote. Um, but there's, you know, Rock the Vote, Voto Latino, like all these other organizations where you could get, it's easy. It has never been as easy to vote. So you shouldn't have an excuse. And if you can't vote, the least you can do is, you know, teach, you know, again, show your parents how to vote, show your grandparents how to vote, show your sister, your brother, your aunts, your uncles, whatever, you know, do Arlene. And so like Mar Maria was saying earlier, like Arlene Quiones Perez is the chair of the, uh, the Latino caucus. She took it upon herself. And I really like these videos and we have to share them with you where she, she was showing people how to vote by mail and she brought her dad on the camera. Hey. And she's like, sorry. That my so cute. Like that good. And it was a little broken, but it was really cute. Uh, and she showed people how to vote on that. And she's an attorney and she knows, wow. you know, yeah. the legalities of all that. Yeah. And then she had a show. So we have, there's mail-in ballot, sorry, uh, mailboxes that are designated um, across each county where you can drop off your ballot. So if you don't feel, if you don't want to drop you know, put them like through the natural, like, um, post office or whatever, mm -hmm. or in the regular mailbox, you put them in there. And so, and I guess you'd have to go to your county clerk's office. You just go like, just Google your, your county organization. So I'm Ocean County. I would put Ocean County, you know, elections 
you know, uh, Mercer County elections. And that should be like one of the top three um, searches that come up for you. And it should tell you where there are uh, vote by mail mailboxes yeah. <laughs> in, your, in your county where you can drop off your, your ballot. Okay, perfect. But now you brought up a really a concern of mine, and this is on behalf of Mr. Caesar. He always has a different signature. You are right. We don't know how to sign. We're always just typing. Every time he needs to sign when he pays for food, he does like a squiggly line, and it's different. So now I am scared that his vote is not going to count because he doesn't know which signature he originally used. So how can we check to make sure which, what is our original signature that we used to register to vote? So the State Department in New Jersey, they, like I mentioned earlier, there's now a tracking tool because that became a problem for the primary, you know, a huge problem, not only in New Jersey, across all of the states, you know, um, so, so to not dissuade people from voting, you know, you can track it there. Some counties, so when I used to live in Union County, because my signature was always different, is um, they actually, I was surprised because, you know, imagine how many ballots these people are getting. Um, they would call me or they would, uh, they would call, no, they didn't email me. They would just like call me and say, hey, you know, um, we just want to make sure that you voted. Is that you? You know, we just want to confirm. And then they asked me to come in person and confirm my signature. And, and I would have to like sign again in person. Um, and I would have to show my license. I don't know if they're doing that now. Every county is different, mm-hmm. you know, how they do mm-hmm. things. I would just say that Union County, I would say that I actually appreciated the fact that they called me back in the day and that they confirmed my signature because otherwise I wouldn't have known. And honestly, like, that's, I didn't feel like it was my fault. I know, like, nobody ever told me yeah. how to sign perfectly. <laughs> do, do you think they compare the signature on the ballot compared to maybe a copy of your license, or what do they compare it to? I forget. Uh, I'll be honest, maybe Maria knows, but I, it could I, be your registration, it could be your voter registration form, like the initial one, but it could have changed. I mean, I don't know if you register when you were 18 years old. And, you know, you had this issue when you're 30 and maybe your signature changed. They might compare it to your license or or the voter registration form. I think think that they had me sign again there in person, if I'm not mistaken. And that's how and then I mean, and I'm showing my license. It's me and I'm signing like you can't disprove that it's me. You know, I'm the same person. So uh, if I remember correctly, I think that's how they did it in my case. When you register, I don't know if either one of you have experienced registering to vote via social media, like on Instagram. Do they make you have a signature on the registration or no? I'm just curious to know. Maybe they compare it to that. Like, there's a lot. I know a lot of people, uh, like Gen Zs or Millennials, are registering to vote through Instagram. So, do they have to have a signature as well? That's a good question. Um, I've. That's actually a super really good question. I've. I don't know because I've been registered to vote um, for a couple of years now. Um, but do you know, Maria? No, I don't. I've never done it. <laughs> I, no. see, I know what you're talking about. The There's a banner saying, are you registered to vote? I don't know if it takes them to their state. I, you know, I don't know how they track. 
like who's who or like where they live or you know I, I just I maybe it's just to get a count of who's registered to vote in their states but I don't know if they're actually if there's like a link to your to where you live and you know to the state that you live in hmm. that's a great question you gave me homework because I'm gonna look that up because I, I would think that you can sign documents and um and contracts online with DocuSign, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can do this, whatever, and that's your signature. Um, so it'd be interesting. I wonder if that's the same way through Instagram, you know, and these other platforms. So cool. Thank you, Caesar. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. So uh, just to wrap it up, I want to hear why should millennials and Gen Zs vote Democrat this year or this election? You want to start, Christina? You want me to start? No, correct. Okay. So, um, so we have a president um, that it's always targeted minority groups, especially Latinos, African Americans, and we've saw we saw his you know where he stands on racism, um, on law and in law and order. A lot of the issues that you know really are affecting our communities. Um, where he, you know, he didn't have a clue what he was saying. Um, and this is one of the most important elections. And the reason why I say that every election matters, even the locals, which is one of the most important ones as well. But I think that this is a crucial election year um, because we have someone, someone in the White House that do not appreciate diversity. Um, and that's what we are. We're, that's what makes America great, that we have people from different backgrounds that speak different languages, that eat different foods. Um, and that's what makes us great, right? Um, and this is an important election and, and we have to vote Democratic because we have a candidate that is running for office that has had the experience um, being the White House's vice president. And then he also has a running mate that is a woman, a, a black woman, a woman of color, and who has an extensive um, experience as a prosecutor, as an attorney, and um, and they they stand for the right issues, especially in New Jersey, um, that you know they're advocating for healthcare, for employment, for the things that we really, for the policies that we really care about. Um, so I, I encourage folks and you know to to vote Democratic, and I know that we'll have a great turnout in in, in New Jersey, um, just because even with the young with the young folks that. Um, you know, I've witnessed things in social media, like the protests, um, the Black Lives Matters movement, the LGBTQ. So I feel like we have a great presence of, of young people and that they're beginning to get politically engaged, which is amazing. Um, like my entire Facebook, people that have never, uh, you know, spoken about politics are like political scientists. <laughs> uh, they're giving their opinions, you know, they're, they're advocating for these issues. So I'm very happy to see that the young people are actually becoming engaged um, more and, you know, more and more. But I really hope that the people that went out to these protests that, you know, there were peaceful protests. Um, I hope that they also uh, see the importance of voting and that they, and that if they can, that they should exercise their right to vote uh, because it is, it, people that we put in office is, you know, it, it matters. Uh, they take decisions that affect, you know, each each one of us. Um, I have friends that say, well, politics, you know, doesn't affect me. Um, it does. It, you know, it's politics is in an entire, like, 
at work, I, ha- I deal with politics, you know, in my family, <laughs> I deal with politics. So like politics is always around us. Um, so I, I really try to tell people that, you know, no matter, no matter where we are, politics is always going to be a part of us. But essentially, this election is important because we need to, to get number 45 out of the White House. <laughs> tell me how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so I concur with everything that Maria has said. I don't even know where to start. Um, I think that, I mean, we live in such a toxic environment and for young, especially like people like our age, we live it 24 seven. It's on TV, it's on the radio, it's on our social media page. We don't get a break. And I don't know about you guys, but this is like taxing on me. Like I'm exhausted about hearing about politics as much as like you know i like it and like we work in those circles it's become so divisive and honestly unproductive and you know i feel like people are going at each other's throats um where they forget the reason why they were elected you're elected by the people not by the interest groups i mean the interest groups, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> I mean, they, they do have an impact, um, but it's important for young people to um, get involved and to vote because um, I could tell you like, yes, like you're the future and, and you are, <laughs> you know, but um, our older and our parents and our, you know, people that are older than us, they did what was best at the time for them. You know, and I don't think necessarily they thought long haul, like the, the impacts that would, it would have on us. You know, I do believe that we were, are a more inclusive um, um, generation where we see, you know, we are more inclusive of, of uh, LGBTQ, you know, communities, Latino communities, Black community. We don't care what you are. We literally don't care what you are. Um, and we just want progress and, you know, voting Democrat this year, um, is yes. You know, um, I hope he does get better, honestly, because at the end of the day, like he's our president he's a human being and, um, you know, Donald, president Donald Trump has, and his wife has been tested positive for COVID. Um, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, and part people from his staff, um, however, um, I think that the nation would do better with, uh, organization, um, that is going to be more empathetic to the issues that are affecting us. You know, that means the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court justice, you know, they're, they're going to be hearing a, a ton of different issues that are going to be very impactful for all of us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, immigration, DACA students, you know, um, you know, this is a, this is an administration that called, and I'm not Mexican and I can, if I was really selfish, I could be like, I'm just Colombian. I'm just, I'm American. Cause I am an American citizen. I don't care. Talk, talking about like they're smugglers, they're going to pay for a wall, whatever. When we have another border above us, you know, that where other like immigrants come from, you know, it was very, you know, singular. And, and, um, I just think that, um, having young people vote and being um, using their voices in an effective manner. I don't agree with um, people going after looting businesses and homes and because they're ultimately affecting their own people. And, and I'll just be honest, like they're 
there, there, there are bad apples in every group and they're going to, there are going to be people that take advantage of these situations. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, aligned with the organization, but that's what they see on TV. We don't need that, you know? So, but if you guys can use, you know, social media, and again, in various languages, we are such a diverse community all around the United States. You know, I think that would be so impactful. Not just think about like, I want to get my message out to people like Maria, or to people like Doreen and Caesar. I think like, you know what, I want to get my message out in social media, because I know that my family, we were talking earlier, my family use Facebook, they use Facebook a lot. And you know what, maybe I'm going to put something in WhatsApp, because they're not getting it from anywhere else. And to be honest with you, and I'm not sure that the political organizations are doing it either. So as long as like you guys educate your, yourselves and you go like maybe to like, uh, you know, the njdems.org organization or website, or again, um, go email us at latinos at njdems.org. You know, we're happy to um, share some information with you. And I'm so sorry. That's my dog in the background. <laughs> He's growling. Just to add to Christina's. Oh, my stomach. <laughs> Is it? Is it? <laughs> Is it really your dog? <laughs> um, to add to her point earlier, um, you know, I, I honestly, I'm a Democrat. I don't care whether you vote Democrat or Republican. Just vote. And that's what matters in this election is that you have to exercise your right to vote. Um, and sometimes people, because um, I have conversations with friends and colleagues, and then, you know, we, get, we tend to get stuck in one issue. Um, and we'd say, well, I'm voting Republican because I believe so-and-so, and it's just like one issue. Uh, but you have to understand, like, even if you, if you can't identify with a party, and we have more than just two parties in, in, in this country. So if you identify with the Green Party, happy to, you know, go for it. Vote for the Green Party. Um, but like, make sure you do your research. Uh, you know, if you don't, you don't know much about the Republicans or the Democrats or the, the Green Party, do your research. You know, if you feel like these are issues and not just one, but issues that you really can, you know, can connect with and you feel like that represents who you are in, in, in your community. Um, I think that's how you make, you ultimately make the decision whether you identify, you know, for whatever party you identify with. But uh, don't get stuck in one issue because um, that could also be detrimental. Like, look at the big picture. How do you see yourself uh, four years on the line as a country? Um, do you want someone, uh, you know, a leader that is going, not, it's not going to embarrass you. It's someone who's going to be a leader of the free world. Um, so I think that's important to take into consideration when, when you're trying to identify what, you know, what party you're, you, you identify with. But we definitely encourage folks to vote Democrat <laughs> this election, but uh, no pressure there. <laughs> Just vote. Yep. So she said. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, get, get out there, vote. Make sure that you do your due diligence. Really know who you're voting for. Uh, I feel like in this election, it's just, like you said, it's two issues that are completely separate, right? You, for, for example, for me, I, I agree with some things from one party, but then I also agree with things from another party just because of my religion, perhaps because of the way that I was brought up. Uh, but at the end of the day, you also not only have to think about it economically, but you also have to think about it uh, for the well-being of the people and where do your values lie and what do they tell you? Mm -hmm. So 
Thank you so much, uh, Maria, Christina, Cesar. We were so happy to have you both here. I hope that this was a good time for, for the both of you. It, it, was, a, it was a long hour, but I didn't feel it. <laughs> it went by super fast. Enjoy the conversation. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much and congratulations on your show and we wish you nothing but success. So, Absolutely. you guys grow. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you.